Hello, this is Gregory Novak. This is The Cunning of Geist, podcast episode 17. Welcome back. Before we get started, just want to point out that you can follow me on Twitter at Cunning of Geist, as well as my Facebook page, also at Cunning of Geist. In this episode, we're going to do a deep dive some more into the Hegelian dialectic. And we did a previous episode on Hegel's dialectic in episode 11. We covered it generally, but we also spent much time discussing other philosophers' use of dialectics. We talked a lot about Zeno's paradoxes. Uh, We analyzed the left-brain-right-brain dichotomy and how this relates to dialectics. And we talked as well about what physicist David Bohm had to say about Hegelian dialectics. And we also talked about the meaning of the German words uh, verstand, which is translated as understanding, which tends to be more left brain, and vernunft, which is translated as reason, tending to be more right brain. We covered all those things before in episode 11, but in Going back over it and listening to that episode again, I I felt that we had just really done a surface treatment of Hegelian dialectics. In this episode, I want to do a much more thorough exploration. And I think it's very important uh, to note here, and what I'm going to be covering, is that um, Hegelian dialectics gives us a much better understanding of reality and understanding of the world we live in and an understanding of why we are here. And hopefully I'll be able to explain these these points in this episode. So let's begin with how exactly Hegel describes his dialectic. And to do this, I'm going to quote from the Encyclopedia of Philosophical Sciences, the introduction, paragraph 79. I quote, With regard to its form, logic has three aspects. A, the abstract or understandable aspect. B, the dialectical or negatively rational aspect. C, the speculative or positively rational aspect. End quote. And importantly, Hegel goes on to clarify what he means here, that these are three sides of the same thing. Not three separate things, but three sides of one thing. What is that one thing? It's reality itself. I quote again Hegel continuing from the same passage, quote, These three sides do not make three parts of logic, but are stages or moments in every logical entity, that is, of every notion and truth, whatever, end quote. So every logical entity, Hegel's saying, every concept, every truth has these three sides to it. Every one of them, every truth, every reality. And Hegel goes on to say in the same passage, I quote, They may all be put under the first stage, that of understanding, and so kept isolated from each other, but this would give an inadequate conception of them, end quote. What he means here is that you can look at these three sides from the standpoint of the understanding, or from the standpoint of Verstand in German, or from the left brain standpoint, as we've discussed here, but this is inadequate. It's not enough. Um, As you recall, the left brain divides things up into categories, and the right brain is more holistic. Hegel then goes on in that passage, and I quote, The statement of the dividing lines and the characteristic aspects of logic is at this point no more than historical or anticipatory, end quote. What he means here is that if you only look at the three aspects of um, the dialectic from the understanding, 
you are only going to be looking at it from a past historical standpoint or a future anticipatory standpoint, but you're not looking at it from the present actuality, the concrete reality of the flowing present moment where they are one, three aspects of the one thing. Hegel then goes on in paragraph 80 to show how we often believe thinking to be left-brain understanding verstant. He doesn't actually say left-brain. It was after his time, but it's the same principle. And that uh, thinking is actually much more than just the understanding or verstant. Um, thinking includes verstant understanding, but also reason, vernunft. It includes both left-brain and right-brain thinking. Hegel recognizes that the understanding, as we now know, left-brain thinking is indispensable in life. But he also warns in the note to paragraph 80 that understanding must not go too far. That, quote, the man who has learned to know life steers clear of the abstract either-or and keeps to the concrete, end quote. And the concrete is what we are interested in, in here, the reality, the truth. And we discussed in detail in episode 10 on the divided brain how our world is becoming much more dominated by the left brain. And it's a growing problem in society today. We seem to get more and more removed from reality every day. We don't seem to be operating with our entire mental apparatus. Uh, we look at everything in terms of how we can break it down and define it more and more so without um, keeping in mind the, uh, the big picture. However, coming back, though, we'll, we'll talk about that in, a, in another episode some more. But um, getting back to the Hegelian dialectics, in the previous episode that we did on this, on episode 11, I mentioned that these three sides can be called the abstract negation and concrete. And the concrete world is what we inhabit. But all three sides are, are comprised in, in this reality. And one mistake that people often make is that they they believe the Hegelian dialectic is just about mere negation, and many make this mistake. Um, this was also true in, in Plato's writings, his dialogues, where Socrates would often negate an argument but not come to any resolution. The resolution or the sublation of the argument uh, was left up to the reader, which is actually a very powerful um, thing that the uh, Plato's dialogues do for the reader. And um, Hegel points out in paragraph 81 that the dialectic is often taken over by the understanding. Hegel recognizes this. He states here in a note, uh, note one to that paragraph, I quote, but when the dialectical principle is employed by the understanding separately and independently, especially as seen in its application to philosophical theories, dialectic becomes skepticism, in which the result that ensues from its action is presented as a mere negation, end quote. So it becomes pure contradiction only, oftentimes meaningless contradiction. Um, just endlessly contradicting something does not offer any kind of resolution. It's not really thinking with, um, with your full brain. Uh, it's it's purely left-brain thinking, and it um, oftentimes goes nowhere, and it becomes um, nihilistic. As we've seen, the Hegelian dialectic is much more than just negation. It is a description of reality itself, being itself. I uh, 
want to now read a quote from Alexander Kojev. We've talked about him a lot before. He's a 20th century French philosopher. And he made a key point regarding this in his book, The Introduction to the Reading of Hegel. And I quote from that book on page 170, 171. Everything that is true, the true entity, the true, is a real entity or being itself, as revealed correctly and completely by coherent discourse having a meaning. And this is what Hegel also calls begriff, concept, a term that means for him not an abstract notion detached from the real entity to which it is related, but conceptually understood reality. The true and the, the concept are, as Hegel himself says, a logis realis, uh, which is a German word meaning logical reality. A logical reality, something logical and real at the same time, a realized concept or a conceived reality. Now, logical thought that is supposed to be true, the concept that is supposed to be adequate, merely reveal or describe being as it is or as it exists without adding anything to it, without taking anything away from it, without modifying it in any way whatsoever. The structure of thought, therefore, is determined by the structure of the being that it reveals. If, then, logical thought has three aspects, this is only because being itself is dialectical. Thought is dialectical only to the extent that it correctly reveals the dialectic of being that is and of the real that exists, end quote. It's a very powerful statement. So what Kojev is saying here is that Hegel's dialectic is not some method of thinking or some analysis program, but it's in fact a description of reality itself, of being itself. Kojev goes on to state, I quote, the real dialectic of existing being is, among other things, the revelation of the real and of being by speech or thought. And speech and thought themselves are dialectical only because, and to the extent that, they reveal or describe the dialectic of being and of the real. End quote. So what does this mean? It means that reality is not something out there in the world we see about us, separate from how we perceive it but that reality actually includes us, and most importantly, it includes our thinking, perceiving minds as well. This means that subject and object must be looked at as one thing, as one reality, as Geist. I quote Kojev again, pages 173 to 174. Taken separately, the subject and the object are abstractions that have neither objective reality nor empirical existence. What exists in reality, as soon as there is a reality of which one speaks, is the subject that knows the object, or what is the same thing, the object known by the subject. This double reality, which is nonetheless one because it is equally real in each aspect, taken in its whole or as totality, is called in Hegel's spirit, or Geist. End quote. So, as Hegel famously states in the preface to the philosophy of right and also repeated in his introduction to the encyclopedia, what is real is rational and what is rational is real. Or translated differently, what is actual is rational and what is rational is actual. One of the most famous quotes from Hegel. And it's interesting here that rational is translated from vernunft, which means reason. And Reason, the right brain, provides the reality, not for stunt, the abstract left brain analysis. Not that we ignore the understanding. It's crucial for stunt, the left brain. It is an emissary to collect the facts, assess the details, 
but these must be integrated back into the right brain, into reason. And to repeat once more, there are three sides to the one Hegelian dialectic. A, abstract understanding. B, negation or determination, which means determining what something is and what it is not. And C, a sublation of A and B into a concrete reality. And this is a singular process. It's not three separate steps or stages. And it works on all levels. Uh, It it works on the biggest picture of them all, that of logic, nature, and spirit, the three um, areas of, of Hegel's philosophy. Logic being the abstract, nature being the negation of the logic, and spirit geist being the concrete sublation of logic and nature. It works on the big picture and everything else. A good example that I've referred to before is, is time itself. The continuity of the present moment is a concrete sublation of the coming into being of the current moment and its negation. It's um, moving into the past. Now, there's one other very important point about the Hegelian dialectic, and, and it is that what is real, what is actual, can actually change. And that includes science. Uh, In episode 12, we talked about Thomas Kuhn's work in his book, The Structure of Scientific Revolutions, how different scientific paradigms come and go. And Kuhn said an interesting and controversial thing in that book. He said that the paradigm becomes the reality of what is being described. It is reality, the paradigm. For example, when people thought that the sun went around the earth, this was reality for them. Um, You could certainly look up at the sky. It looked like that was what was happening, and they had cosmological drawings to support this. So this was reality for them. And in in a sense, and this is what Kuhn is saying, it was real at that time that the sun really did go around the earth, so to speak, because that's how people rationally conceived of it. No, I'm not crazy, and neither is Kuhn. We know that the earth travels around the sun, and the previous belief was false. However, The point here is that in some future time, what we take as our current scientific beliefs may be seen to be wrong. And right now, they are reality for us. Um, That's what we absolutely believe in. It's our rationality and our reality. It's our being. Um, But this may change as as, um, future paradigms come into existence. Frederick Engels spoke to this in a book he wrote entitled Ludwig Feuerbach and the End of Classical German Philosophy. And just as a reminder, Engels was a 19th century German philosopher, and he's most famous for co-authoring the Communist Manifesto with Karl Marx. And he and Marx are essentially credited with establishing Marxism. And um, I'm going to now quote Engels from, from this book, Uh, from page 41 and 42. I quote, But precisely therein lay the true significance and the revolutionary character of the Hegelian philosophy, that it once and for all dealt the death blow to the finality of all product of human thought and action. Truth, the cognition of which is the business of philosophy, was in the hands of Hegel no longer an aggregate of finished dogmatic statements which once discovered had merely to be learnt by heart. Truth lay now in the process of cognition itself, in the long historical development of science, which mounts from lower to ever higher levels of knowledge, without ever reaching by discovering so-called absolute truth, a point at which it can proceed no further, 
where it would have nothing more to do than to fold its hands and gaze with wonder at the absolute truth to which it had attained. And what holds good for the realm of philosophical knowledge holds good also for that of every other kind of knowledge and also for practical action, end quote. And this is really what Kuhn was getting at. Um, reality, rationality, actuality is a process. Engels is saying a very powerful thing here. He's saying there's no finality of human thought and action, and truth is a process of cognition itself. Very powerful concept. And this process is one of um, the unfolding of Geist and for being to get to know itself in, in concrete reality. Now, this also means that there are certain levels of reality, of rationality. Um, you can look at your own life, look at a child growing up, um, a child will, will go through development of their speech, development of their thinking. As they grow older, their speech becomes more thoughtful. And um, likewise, their thoughts become more speech-like, more articulate. And this is a process of growing, and you can see a change in any, any, any person along these lines. The same thing goes for society. Society is in a process of development. There's a zeitgeist, the spirit of the age, and everybody is part of that spirit of the age, and that also progresses. So this leads us to some questions. What about the past? Before there were rational thinking creatures around, um, was that reality? Well, it's an interesting question, and the past is certainly real because we can understand that it existed and what happened. It's part of our rational um, cognitive enterprise to study the past and know what happened. And as we've discussed before here, spirit exists always and did back then as well, pushing things along to bring biological life uh, into the universe and then rational creatures into existence. And again, why this process? What What's going on here? What's the purpose? Well, the purpose is for being to know itself, to become more real, in this process. It, it can't just live on an abstract level. It, it has to become real and actual in the real world. Something is more real when it knows itself. Uh, we've covered this, this before. The more it knows itself, the more real it becomes. And being must know itself. This is the process of what's going on here. We've talked a lot about the Big Bang in these episodes and uh, particularly in the last two, episode 15 and 16. I'm not going to cover all that again now. However, we, we do know, given the Big Bang expansion, that we may be seeing what is a cycle of birth, maturation, and decline of the universe. Um, this may be occurring. And again, this is occurring with um, freedom and spirit prevailing here. It's not a, an eternal recurrence of the same thing. Um, as Engels suggested, there's no finality of human thought and action. Truth is the process of cognition itself, uh, being coming to know itself um, in reality. So, finally, one last thing. Let's. What does this mean for our own lives, my life, your life? Well, let's take a look at it from a Hegelian dialectic perspective. First, there's the abstract. Now, what is my life? What's the abstract of my life? Well, I would say it's um, my character, um, my ideals, what I stand for, who I think I am, how I want to be perceived uh, by others. And um, 
not just physically, but what what I you know what I stand for. And it's interesting. Stand is actually it comes from the German word Verstand, um, which is the, the abstract understanding. And I'm sure if you looked at your own life, you could you could list those things as well. Secondly, there's negation of this of this abstract, and there really this comes in two forms, I believe. First um, is your body, your your natural body with its needs and desires. And if one is being totally honest with themselves, one can see that their bodily needs and desires often are in conflict with their ideals. So this is an ongoing stress, um, if you will. And the, the second negation, other than um, the natural body with, with its needs and desires, it's also the finiteness of, of the body. The body will die someday. It will cease to exist. Um, the body had a beginning and it will have an end. So why try to do anything? What's the purpose of having a character or having ideals or goals when, you know, you're going to return to dust from from whence you came? Uh, which brings us to the third side of the dialectic, the sublation, or see concrete reality. My actions, your actions, are based on a sublimation of one and two, your goals, your dreams, your desires, and your your bodily needs and you um, you sublate your your abstract goals and characters through bodily actions and this is the process we go through we direct our body in ways that are consistent or we try to consistent with our goals and ideals and it's a struggle it's a struggle to go against our bodily desires to achieve our abstract goals but as we've also discussed in episode four this is really the expression of true infinity the Hegel's true infinity this is how we beat the finitude of our body and how we become truly more real. And of course, our character, our goals, our ideals are obviously shaped by society as well. We, um, we're all in it together. So to summarize, we've covered a lot here. We've seen that the Hegelian dialectic is not some particular method or way of thinking, but is actually a description of being itself, what is real, what is actual. We've seen that it has three sides to it, as Hegel points out, but it is one thing. There's one spirit, one geist. Um, it has an abstract left brain side, the understanding. It has a negating, determining, definitional side done by both reason and understanding. And it has a positive side, which is reality, the real, the actual thing in and for itself, which is um, done by reason. And we've also seen it is not static, but it is always, it is always becoming. So, that's it. I do welcome any comments or suggestions on this episode or any episode. You can post onto my Facebook page, A Cunning of Geist, or on Twitter. Both of them are the handle at Cunning of Geist. Thank you so much for listening to this, this episode and, and um, for listening to all the episodes. This is Gregory Novak. This is The Cunning of Geist. See you next time.